are here with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And with me today, uh, no stranger to the podcast, but it's been a while, Will Wyndham. Uh, Will is our BIP coordinator and part of the prevention team here at the Family Crisis Center. And I was kind of wanted to continue the theme of Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month here in February. And I thought it might be interesting to maybe kind of talk with Will just about, Will, you know, I was just kind of thinking uh, the influences, the pressures, uh, things that young men uh, are facing today, what they have to live up, uh, live up to, and maybe things that may kind of play a part and incidents of teen dating violence. Teen dating violence, and I do want to say before we begin, by all means, I don't want to imply that it's just guys that are violent uh, in dating relationships. You know, it can happen with uh, uh, with young women too. But since you know, uh, Will does have a unique perspective uh, dealing with men uh, in the prevention field, I just kind of thought it might be interesting to kind of discuss. Uh, young men's roles in society today and how that may play a part. So with that long-winded introduction, Will, I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking some time out to do this today. Yes, good to be back on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, and great to always have the opportunity to talk about these things, especially um, as it relates to batter's intervention, our specific take we take on holding men accountable. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, Glad to be back. Um, you know, I guess, you know, one of the first things I, I guess we can kind of talk about are pressures uh, with teens, young men uh, facing today. You know, just recently we uh, I did my presentation to our Serve Coalition about gender roles. And in that, you know, we are talking about, you know, you think about the kids on the playground and the messages they hear about, you know, man up, don't be such a girl, don't be a wuss, you know. Uh, little boys calling uh, them uh, their friends the P word uh, and, and things like that. And, you know, if, if you are part of the uh, prevention world, you know, this is probably old hat in a way, you know, what we're about to talk about. But a lot of people may not have heard, uh, have really been exposed to this or have heard this. Um, but, you know, for a, a young guy, there's a lot of pressures out there to make sure you uphold your masculinity and you really can't let your guard down. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, um, there's so many pressures out there for just teens in general, you know, in our pers particular perspective here uh, with young men is that, you know, um, it's the same things that we faced, you know, it, but it's just done through maybe different lenses of social media of, you know, what it means to get a, what we say, quote unquote, a street cred um, here. So, you know, lots of pressures on young men to, to live up to these ideas, you know, the, this idea of money, um, how many women can you, can you get? And yeah, it really does start with gender socializations all the way back to, you know, the playground, you know, um, and through the bib curriculum we use, they're pretty frank about, you know, the number one thing that men don't want to be considered, and I'm sure this is all the way down to the playground, is that you just can't be gay, right? And I know that, um, uh, you know, it's just the number one thing they say. And really, when you start to think about it or, or our own experience or look around, 
really men are trying to justify that they're masculine enough, you know, to not be considered homosexual, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of this homophobia probably kicks off, is you just can't be weak. You can't be essentially like a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we, we briefly touched on that in your presentation is that it isn't that we just often um, go after men in these situations where they're maybe crying or show a little emotion. It's it's that when other men do that, they attack them through this lens of like yeah. typically feminine characteristics, right? right. And so, um, and I look like again, like we discussed, it just sort of chips at the way chips away at the way we value women, right? What, and, and, and for the record, just I'll kind of remind everybody, you are the Bitcoiner. That's the, our batters intervention and prevention pro, and prevention program uh, where you work actually with perpetrators of um, domestic violence, sexual assault. Uh, what do you think, you know, so these pressures, uh, the gender socialization, the pressures to, you know, unfortunately, so many so much pressure to, quote, not be gay. How do you think that translates to incidents of teen dating violence? Uh, is it, I guess one of the questions I have, do you think the world has changed? Do you think teen dating violence is just as common at, um, now as it was years and years ago? I have more boys now facing more pressure or is it media's attention or focusing on it more? Or has it really anything changed? I'm not sure. You know, I think um, when I grew up, the era I grew up in, it seemed like we talk about the same things that were present in our life then, right? Mm -hmm. The same pressures to sort of live up, to be masculine, you know, to be athletic, to sort of present yourself as, you know, popular and capable, right. you know. And so I think that the, these young men still face these same pressures to live up to that. Now, how that translates to domestic violence is I think it really center, centers around our two tenants, is that's power and control, right? In order to ensure your maleness in this world, you need some sort of power and control. And I think maybe when we talk about teens just understanding the world, you know, they're they're looking to exercise power and control. And, yeah. and, that, and when you think about where do young men as teenagers, where can they gain power and control in their lives at all, right? Typically not with parents. Typically, you know, not in the male social groups because there's one or two guys maybe that are exercising all that power and control. So you get in a relationship with a female, and I think just our general attitudes and the way we've, you know, generally right. value women leads to those incidences, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's not only really teen dating violence, but you think of sexual assaults as well. Of course, those sometimes those may even come hand in hand. Yes. Uh, observations, you know, when we work with young guys, you know, you and I have had experience working with juvenile probation uh, uh, or, or kids in the juvenile probation system. Uh, we go to the schools, you know, uh, to high schools and middle schools, uh, and things like that. Um, and it's interesting sometimes whenever I bring the gender socialization message, even to young people, I feel like I always have to preface it by saying, guys, I'm not trying to tell you you can't be guys. I'm not telling you to turn in your man card. 
But I think at the same time, we kind of have to be careful that we're not male bashing. Uh, but I guess what I'm getting at is sometimes I do get looks, even from young boys, like even in middle school, um, that don't really buy into the whole gender socialization. When we say, hey, it's okay for guys to show their emotions. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have feelings and be sensitive. And it's really a tough thing to try to sell in rural East Texas. I agree with that. I, I think, you know, you sort of get these values through the program, as we say, that you download as young men. And, and although, and you hear this, if one guy in, in a group of guys believes, you know, let's say he has feminist tendencies, he believes these things, right? We should be fair. We shouldn't uh, devalue men by using degradating things about women. It's really risky for him to speak up. Right. Yeah. And, and say those things. And so I think that's what keeps a lot of young men from, you know, really they really hold those those values. And I think, again, as young men, um, part of what you're raised with is this black and white win or lose um, type situation. So it's hard to see that, you know, you could share control. You don't need all of it or that you don't have to be the toughest person. Mm-hmm. Right, this whole win or loss attitude. There is there is some areas in between where you, right. and I think hard for them to sort of decipher the differences out on the high school ball fields, maybe or junior high playgrounds and things. Yeah. So, right. Yes. What? So you're a parent. What? What would you tell a parent who's raising a teen male today? You know, things to you know to make sure that this. A young man has a level head is, you know, and I'm not saying they have to be raised as a feminist, but to be mindful of their actions, of the way they, they treat people, uh, any sage advice, I guess, (laughs) is what I'm, I'm getting at that you could, uh, tell uh, a parent of a, of a young adult or, or or a young man, I should say. Yeah. I think we always start. Uh, when we have these conversations is, you know, model the behavior that you want your children, especially a young male to have, right? I think uh, if we're running around and we're using sort of these degrading comments and we're not really valuing the the, the kid's mother, um, of course, that's the perspective they're going to take, right? So I think it starts with modeling the behavior. And then, of course, I think you've got to check in with them, you know, again, I think we know that it's these larger attitudes we have about women that cause a lot of problems, right? Women are weak. Women are bad with money. Women are always going to cheat. Um, you know, those, you got to check in and make sure that, you know, maybe, hey, you know, what are your attitudes about these things or that you're not sort of selling those attitudes, you know, that women are just objects or, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, we're, we're promoting pornography or something like that, you know, and I think you got to check in with those. We know, we know these, every guy out here is going to see pornography, right? You got to check in with them, you know, and Hey, that's not real, right? You know, we, we know you see it. Statistics say everyone sees it. So let's have a conversation about it again. One of those things that isn't always comfortable, but. Right. Well, you know, and what you said really, uh, perfectly leads to the, my next question, you know, we're talking about, you know, our influence as parents uh, and how, you know, 
young guys and, and women learn their ideas, learn their behaviors uh, on how they should act with their parents. But also, you know, you talked about, you know, access to porn. And that kind of leads me to media. Media's influence today, you know. Um, you know, let's think about movies, music. You know, what messages are these things uh, giving our guys about how they should treat women, their attitude towards relationships and sex and things like that? I mean, at the risk of sounding like an old man, music isn't what it used to be when I was a kid and probably not even when you were a kid. Uh, I think it's gotten a, just a, real, a lot more um, suggestive. Well, I don't even know if I can say suggestive. A lot of it's not suggestive. And they just lay it out there yeah. in some of the music today. But what do you think about the media, uh, influence media has and the ideas of how young men think they should uh, treat you know, whoever they're in a relationship with uh, and their roles as men? Yeah, I think if we look at the larger values, you know, of music, what sells, what, you know, with the Super Bowl coming up, what we're going to put up at halftime and those performers and the and the way they dress and look, you know, and, and you think to, you, to be popular, you've either got to have that or have the money to afford those things. And, that you know, it's just not really realistic. The access to porn, you know, at a younger and younger age really – skews what a sexual relationship means. I mean, you think, I think I hear a lot of people would say, well, we use it as sex education, you know, to, to, our parents didn't talk to us about sex. So we turned to porn to find out about what it was all about. Well, that may be well-intentioned enough, but what you didn't pick up in there was, you know, the objectification of women, the way that there is no um, consent being given, there is no sharing of the power decision making in porn. You know, it, right. it's all male slanted. Uh, you know, all aggre- You know, not all of it is, but a lot of it they point to as the aggressive type right. of porn. You know, well, and I always try to tell young people too. Um, you know, porn that is definitely not a depiction of what a real relationship is like in general. You know, I guess with. Parents saying, you know, or, or kids saying, well, they turn to porn. I guess that can teach you the the physiology or whatever you want to call it, you know, of how reproduction takes place. But, you know, where is that relationship? Where is that uh, uh, consent, like yeah. you said, yeah. and things like that? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, you know, difficult conversations, tough to have. I'm right there with everyone that with that, but you can't let porn teach your kids about sexual relationships because it's just it's not going to turn out yeah. well, you know, one way or other. It's just very risky. So, will you work with men who have uh, who are perpetrators and pretty much they're ordered by the courts to attend your BIP um, your BIP program? What do you see from the BIP guys you work with? Do they, I guess, do you think they, uh, do they ever talk about what their attitude was like when they were young, when they were dating, when they were teenagers? We definitely uh, visit some of that. Um, you know, feedback and that gets iffy, you know, getting these men to really open up about what they were doing back then as teenagers. But I think that certainly it's a pattern, right? Yeah. A lot of domestic violence or into partner violence is a pattern. I don't think that, you know, you came up 
through being a kid and you had a girlfriend or girlfriends in high school. And then when you were 26 years old, you met the love of your life and instantly became jealous enough to, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, perpetrate some type of violence, yeah. you know? So I think it's just a pattern and, and attitudes of the men, um, certainly a lot of them have seen domestic violence, but I think it really centers in this idea around, you know, again, power and control. And, you know, you start taking that away from men and, and um, it's not a good thing, right? right? We don't know how to deal with sharing decision-making, sharing power, you know, sharing money. Again, the number one things we we fight about, again, back to the sexual relationships, you know, how men take no for an answer mm-hmm. in those situations, you know, how, how do you handle that? Who ever talked to you about that, you right. know? And right. so, again, you, you really have no formal education. I think these men have no formal education in those things. No one's ever prompted them to think about it. So it becomes a problem in the moment, you know? And Do you think... In some instances, the lack of a male role model has anything to do or plays a part in teen dating violence? I think that, yeah, definitely you, you need a strong role model. You know, not, not everybody not everybody has that. I think where maybe we lack is that we just don't have the conversation at all, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, there is – you can't really – through public schools, go out and have these conversations with young men. Hard to get them all in one room and say, hey, what are your thoughts around these attitudes? And sort of circling back to where we were, it only takes two or three guys to get up and, and make a joke in, in a group of guys about what you're talking about for the all the mm-hmm. interest to be turned off. Yeah, you know, right. Because you just definitely can't show that you're interested in a topic like that. Yeah. So, Okay. All right, Will Wyndham, our BIP coordinator uh, here at the Family Crisis Center. Of course, again, uh, BIP Batters Intervention and Prevention Program. Uh, Will works with uh, uh, men uh, who have uh, or been ordered by the courts to come attend the class because they've been, uh, I guess, found guilty of either domestic violence, sexual assault, things like that. Yes, right? yes, yeah. And in, uh, any questions about men? You know, you can contact me directly, reach out to Stuart, and we can, we can, we could, we could come have a talk with them. We'll, we'll (laughs) we'll do all we can to sort of promote this again. Yeah. Easy enough to go out and talk about domestic violence and sexual assault in general, a little harder to engage men about it. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's the thing. If, you know, if you're listening to this and you, um, have a group of uh, young men in mind, you know, it could be a, a church group or an organization or maybe at a school or anywhere where you work with a group of guys and ladies also do want to say that we can come in and talk to them about prevention education, uh, several uh, different types of uh, discussions we can have with them and presentations. So again, if you are interested in that, or if you feel like you need any of the, services of the Family Crisis Center. We do have our toll-free number. That's 1-800-828-7233. And of course, that's answered 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can do that via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcast service of your choice. 
And if you would like to donate to the Family Crisis Center, you can go to our website. Our website is FamilyCrisisCenterOfEastTexas.com. There at the bottom left, you'll see a donate button. Click on that if you'd like to make a monetary donation to help survivors of relationship violence. Be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.